Well, I have good news for you and good news. Which one do you want first? Okay, the first good news is that I believe the Lord has given me a message today that has the potential to change your life from weakness to power. Want to hear the other good news? It's only going to take me 20 minutes to do it. Father, we invite your presence, we invite your power, we invite your wisdom, we invite your counsel to come and to visit this time in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in a series of messages, as most of you know, called Armed and Dangerous, where we're looking into the life of Peter, and we're witnessing the incredible transformation that took place in his life from a fisherman to the rock of the church. We're looking for clues. We're looking for things that we can dial into so that we ourselves can experience the same transformation, which I believe is really the will of God for every single believer. So far in this series, we've seen that the first, the first step, if you will, the first reality in experiencing the transformation of God in our lives is to give up control that Peter was fishing, Jesus came along and said, come and follow me, and it said immediately he got up and he followed him. He, he just absolutely relinquished control of his life over to the Lord. This is where transformation begins. Last week we saw that Peter was one out of 12 disciples to manage to get himself out of the boat and walk on the water to Jesus, and we, we saw that the second part of transformation in our lives is to live a life of risk. That if we're going for safety, we're going to stay right where we are. But that risk, living a life of risk in the Lord, is, is a, a big part of how it is that he transforms us. Today I'd like for us to look third at Peter's incredible confession in Matthew chapter 16, verses uh, 13 through 20. Something came out of Peter's mouth that changed him and ultimately changed us, changed the world forever. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. A little bit of context here that will help you understand what you're reading. A little bit of context is that what's happening in this, in this particular chapter is that there's a power buildup. There's a power buildup in the Lord before he goes into Jerusalem and gives his life on the cross. This is a staging, if you will, an important strategic staging of the Lord as he gets ready to go. And what we're going to see here is there's a confession today. Then immediately following the confession, Jesus tells his disciples what he's going to do. There's a power in the confession, and then he tells them. And then next week, we're going to see Pastor Rob's going to talk about the transfiguration and what happened to Peter, perhaps, in that time. But we see that, and then Jesus goes through a long body of teaching, telling us stuff that we need to know before he goes, and then he rides into Jerusalem. So that's the context of what it is that we're about to read. Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Christ the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. What amazing thing happened. Peter makes this confession. These words come out of his mouth. And then, and then, and then the Lord responds, this is the work of God in you. You couldn't know this on your own. And because of this confession now, I confer to you a power. I confer to you an amazing, amazing power. And it all stems around his confession. Confession is a word. We're familiar with it, the word confess. It can mean a couple of things, and these two things kind of live in tension with each other. Admit and declare. So, for example... When we admit our sins, we're confessing our sins, correct? This is a form of confession. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, admit our sins, if we confess our sins, then God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is that good news for anybody but me? That's very good news, isn't it? So that's that's a part of confession. But confession can also, of course, mean to declare, verbally proclaiming something, and in this case, verbally proclaiming the truth of God, the Word and the power of God. For example, in Matthew 21, verse 21, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you can say, you can declare, you can confess to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and it'll be done. Now that's an amazing verse that's caused all of us to scratch our heads at one time or another, right? But the truth is there. Jesus said there's power in the declared word, in the the spoken confession. So that resident inside of you as a believer, with the word of God dwelling inside of you, is the power to speak over a given situation and expect something powerful to happen. That's inside of each one of us as believers. And it's, it's the act of declaring confessing that causes things to happen, and it's part of the transformation process in us. Why does this work, you ask? I dare you. This works because the Bible says that we're created in the image of God. Have you got that far? It's, It's in the first chapter that we are created in the image of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we're God. We'll never be God. God is God. We are the creation. But it says that Part of our, our creation as humans is that we are created in his image so that there are certain aspects of God that are true of us. For example, we are eternal. We are eternal as part of being created in the image of God. Another one of these aspects is the power to speak. Created in the image of God, if you've read Genesis 1, you see that seven times God said something like, let there be light, and God said, let there be light, and there was what? Light. And then the seventh time he said, and God said, let us create man in our image, and through the speaking, through the speaking, God said it, and it was. Okay? So that's the nature of God. Now in John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says that in the beginning was the word, the logos, The saying is part of that. The life, but the saying. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And it says a little later in that chapter, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is that? Jesus. Who's living inside of you? 
Same answer. Jesus, right? Jesus is living inside of you. So the Word is living inside of you so that part of your walk as a believer is to have authority to speak over given situations, confess, declare over given situations, and seeing the power of God at work. That's why it works, is because we have God living inside of us. So it's really not our speaking, but it's our giving voice to the Word of God. It's so important to internalize the Word of God so that you can do that. It's so important to internalize the Word of God. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. He said, I know them and they follow me. So part of being a believer is to have the voice of the Lord, the voice of the shepherd, knocking around inside of us. When we internalize the Word of God, and then when we declare it by God's command over a given situation, things happen. This is the confession that I'm talking about today. This is the declaration that I'm talking about. It's so important to internalize, to memorize as, you know, verses in this Bible. I don't know how many hundreds of verses that I have committed to memory. I used to have a list when I was younger, and I would go through them again and again and again and again and again. I've lost the list, but I haven't lost the memory of the Word of God inside me. Jesus said, your, or I'm sorry, the psalmist said, that your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's power in internalizing the Word of God. Because when the Word of God is stored up inside of you, then you have the opportunity to declare it. If it isn't, you don't. Let me put it to you this way. I think there are four kinds of people. And it depends. There are people who do or do not internalize the Word of God, right? And there are people who do or do not then confess the Word of God, speak it out. Now let's look at these four kinds of people. If we just stop in the tar- stop, start in the top left, there are people who, do not, who neither internalize the Word of God, nor do they confess it. It's not in them, and they don't say it. These people I would call pray. 1 Peter 5.8 says that Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. A person who neither internalizes the Word of God or confesses the Word of God is prey for the enemy. Now moving over, what about a person who does confess the Word of God, but they don't really internalize it? It's really not living broadly inside of them. I would say that they're inconsistent at best when they declare it. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that there's a kind of person... Who is, who is inconsistent, that they're tossed about by every wind of doctrine. That they're here and then they're there, and then they hear this and they go there. They have no stability in themselves because the Word of God is not in them. If you're on a pursuit for truth, you're not looking for the right preacher. You're looking for the Word of God to dwell inside of you. You can do that at home. What about this person down in the lower left? They do internalize the Word of God. They do internalize it. They've got lots of Bible inside of them, but they don't confess it. 
This person I would call powerless. I would say it's great that this person can quote you chapter and verse, but if they don't then take the step and confess that over the realities of life, then they're really powerless. In 2 Timothy 3.5, it says that this person has a form of godliness, but he denies the power thereof. What about a person, lower right, who in, not only internalizes the Word of God, but also confesses the Word of God? This person is power-filled. Now, they're not powerful. We're never powerful. Our goal is to never be powerful. My goal is to be humbly surrendered to the voice of God and be power-filled. I don't want to become a powerful person I want to become an empty vessel that God can fill with his power and pour where he likes. You understand the difference? In John 5, 19, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And that's, that's, that's our example. I don't want to have power to go here and there wherever I like. But I, I do want to be a vessel of God's power because we don't have power We simply give voice for the power of God within us when we declare. Does that make sense? Important distinction. But this word and this power are stored up inside of you waiting for expression. Turn in your Bibles to Romans 10. If I do this, it may be 22 minutes. Sorry, but I think it's important. Romans chapter 10. And in verse 8. The Bible says the word is near you, the word, the living word, that thing we're talking about. The word is near you, it is in your mouth, and it's in your heart. So it's something inside of you. And that is the word of faith we are proclaiming. And then verse 9, perhaps a more familiar verse, but it's pretty important to attach it with 8. He gives as an example salvation. He says, so that, for example, if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, say it, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. But that's simply one example of the Word of God living inside of us in our hearts and then finding voice. And he's saying that when we declare the living Word of God inside of us, stuff happens. Beloved, the power of God is living inside of each and every one of you, waiting for the expression, waiting for voice, just waiting for voice. I want you to think about it this way. Think about a hydroelectric dam, this great massive structure that was built in such a way so as to hold back billions of gallons of water, and don't they represent just such a powerful force? So much potential energy. Now somewhere in that dam is, is a turbine. So that as the water flows over the fins of that turbine, it turns it and it generates electricity. So much power is in that water, but somebody has to say something. Somebody has to say, open the gate. Open the gate and let the water flow over that turbine providing electricity for thousands, perhaps millions of people. Somebody has to say it. It's all there waiting. But somebody has to say, open the gate. 
Think about a rocket on a launch pad with megatons of thrust sitting there as potential energy. But somebody has to say, three, two, one, launch. Somebody has to say it in order for that power to be released. Somebody has to confess it. It's all internal. It's all there. Think about runners on a starting line. All these men and women who have trained, they have the strength in their legs, the strength in their lungs. They have a power. They have a power. Combine them together with their power. And there they wait. What are they waiting for? Somebody to say, on your mark, get set, go! And when they say that, all of that potential energy is released into kinetic energy. Off they go. Hello? You have the Word of God living inside of you, yes or no? What's it waiting for then? It's waiting for an expression of voice. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Aren't you tired of being prey? Aren't you tired of being tossed around by every wind of doctrine? Aren't you tired of just having all those many Bible verses memorized and not seeing power happen in front of you? Aren't you ready to begin confessing Look at the transformation that occurred in Peter's life because of this confession. He said, you're, you're the Christ, son of the living God. Here's what transformation occurred. Okay, Peter, fisherman Peter, you're Peter. And on you, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell don't have a chance to stand against you. When we first found him, he was dangerous only to the fish. Now he's dangerous to Satan himself. I do not encourage you to go picking fights with Satan. But I strongly encourage you to give voice to the word of God that's living inside of you. To speak it out in power over the situations that are in front of you. It all begins with the most basic confession, the verbal confession, this verbal confession. Say it. It begins right there. I am a Christian. When you give voice to that truth that's inside of you, power begins to be released. When you begin from that point of identifying yourself to all creation, visible and invisible, that you are a child of God, then power is released. When from that place, then, you begin to declare the Word of God, the power of God, power is released, and your life is transformed. Father, we invite you, the present power and ministry of your Holy Spirit, come and drag us into this place, Lord. This world has taught us to be self-reliant, independent, 
This world has taught us that the answer to our problems is another gadget or another policy. And we know in our hearts that it's you that we seek and you that the world needs. And so we invite you, Lord, in the present power and ministry of your Holy Spirit to come and extract from us our confession of faith, our confession of what we believe, that we may live from that place and declare the word vocally, verbally, over the situations of our lives. We invite you to come now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, will you stand with me, please? Love to have some prayer ministry people come up both sides. Let's make yourselves available to anybody. You guys, as you pray today, give voice to the Word of God inside of you. There comes a point where you're not asking, you're telling, right? Today's a good day for that. You can come up to these people and pray. More will be coming, I am certain. I feel in my heart.